Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to another week. We missed last week. Um, very busy, not with what you think it was, but with Dawa in Abdurrahim's case, mashallah, tarakallah, you had to travel up north, I understand. Yeah, yeah, first time in ages, bro, it was Bradford, um, you know, helping a fundraiser for a new centre in Leeds, which is quite exciting. So uh, remember our days going up north, man, mashallah, some of the best times, some of the best times. Leeds was one of the best places as well. It was, absolutely. Leeds University, man. It was all kicking there. <laughs> absolutely. Alhamdulillah. So, welcome back, Abdurrahim. It's good to see you on the good other side. You, to the Gregorian character twenty uh, calendar 2022, mashallah. Rawal, good to see you, mashallah. So, today, Abdurrahim and Kira, good mm. to see you again. Khalid as well. So, wa, wa alaykum salam to all of you. So, today, we're looking at, and Zamzam, wa alaykum salam to Allah. We're looking at the inner struggle. Walaikum mm. salam, brother Muhammad Salafi. The inner struggle, and Kira, alhamdulillah. What we're looking at, Abdurrahim, what this means, what it looks like, mm. um, the religious perspective of it, and as it applies to us practically today. Now, yeah. you've been giving a lot of lectures on this, yeah, particularly since um, COVID and the lockdown. When I was doing the Baker and Broadcast and other shows, and you and I even as well, our previous shows, we've been discussing this. So give give me and and our viewers a sort of um, insight onto the, the, the things that you felt needed to be and continue to be addressed regarding the inner struggle today. Yeah, I think, bro, the, the main thing, um, and um, the main, I, I think the main thing in terms of actual, um, what can I say? The actual practical application of it. Um, probably the biggest thing is uh, in respect to intentions, and and probably the most important thing of all. <clears throat> and and this is literally what I've been going on about for for two years since actually you know this whole it was Newcastle FM and now it's called Stream Islam. Yeah. So almost since I began, my first few series were about Dawa, but then I just went into this whole discussion about know yourself, right? knowing yourself and and the whole discussion about knowing yourself was built upon one simple premise that if you think about it if you don't know yourself how can you ever really make sure that your intentions are purely for Allah right mm -hmm. and it's very simple right because if you're not if you're not going to be brutally honest with yourself right and you're not going to be honest with yourself and you're not going to be real about who you are why you do what you do what motivates you what are your weaknesses what are your strengths right uh, because the reality is for most of us we don't really know ourselves we know the stories right. we know our stories that we've told in order to protect our fragile egos right yeah. we know the stories we tell ourselves oh why i can't lose weight why i can't lose arabic why i can't learn, learn arabic why i can't do this why i can't do that why i can't memorize quran yeah why i yeah. can't stop smoking yeah. drinking why i can't like these stories we have right we have all these stories yeah we know those stories really well that's the lies that you see if you're if you're going to just be a liar right and you're going to tell yourself stories how can you even begin to even understand what it means to have a pure intention and to do something purely for the sake of Allah? You can't. Because you're always going to be 
you're always going to be following your stories, right? right? And so that is why everything has to start when it comes to this whole discussion of the energy had. It, mm. You would think, Abdul Haq, bro, it would be the easiest thing. You think the easiest thing in the world would be to be honest with yourself. And it's not. It's probably right. the hardest thing. Right. <laughs> so, that, right. yeah, that's it, really. Yeah. For me, what, what I'd say uh, on what you said, which I think is brilliant, yeah. that's a good premise to start. Walaikum Salaam, Malahat, good to see you here, mashallah. One of the things as well is to understand particular conditions that we all have or are in at any mm. given time. Walaikum yeah. Salaam, Brother Bilal. And as I mentioned before the show, I remember seeing a, a lecture um, yeah. by someone called Abdullah Rothman in Turkey, a university in Turkey, mm. about the heart and psychology and everything. And as I watched him break down the heart, and I was placing it on myself, I was like, oh my gosh, looking at these particular areas, some of which you've mm -hmm. touched upon, getting familiarity with that from a religious perspective, because we hear these terms, jihad and nafs and everything, nafs and lawama, what do they all mean? So he mm -hmm. broke down how our hearts are conditioned and the things that we have to contend with. So as you said, being truthful with yourself. So mm -hmm. our soul's inclination towards evil, because that's the reality. Uh, the diseases of the heart that affect us. And they're opposite. So we, what? how do we, when we've realised that there's our soul is inclining towards evil, do we know there's an other aspect where we have to look towards tranquility and how to get to that tranquility and make yeah. our hearts at ease? What is the cure yeah. for that? We know the Quran. We know what Allah says in the Quran. When mm. there are diseases of the heart, do we know that there's an opposite that can help us in the deen to be safe from that disease. And what he did in showing these compartments and everything like that, he showed mm. that this area where there's the tranquility, where there's a fighting against the diseases of the heart, that you're closer to your fitra, you're closer to Allah. And then yep. at the bottom of he was saying that when you're fighting these diseases, you've got these diseases in your mm. heart, your, your soul is inclined towards evil, then you're yep. closer to Satan and attached to the dunya. So yep. if you don't recognize these particular aspects here, from the dean on a basic level, then you cannot start being truthful to yourself because you don't know this. And I'm not saying you have to be scholastic about it, but we yeah. all have diseases. What, what, what vice do we have that we're making excuses for? Do we know the opposite yeah. to all that? For example, if you and I, Allah forbid, realize mm. we've got cancer or yeah. a disease, a serious disease, we yeah. would seek the cure immediately. And people, as we've seen, have spent their life savings. Their whole life has changed to be focused on the cure, the yeah. cure, the elixir. Yeah. Yet we all know we have particular diseases of the heart, mm. but we're not seeking the cure. Yet yeah. we know we're inclined towards evil and where that leads some of us mm. in the privacy of our own homes, some who've gone to the extent of doing them publicly, and yet we won't look at the remedy to contend with that evil. So these two areas, what you've mentioned and what I'm mentioning here yeah. now, it's got to be a reality check. Because as you said, that inner struggle, Abdurrahim, you, we, how many times have we slipped? Not that we're going to reveal sins. How many times have we slipped for, I've done it again. Yeah. And how many times have some of us given up and said, well, I've gone so far. How is Allah going to forgive me now? And that's one of the biggest traps of shaitan, of Iblis, to yeah. get you in that state. Because when he gets you in that state, well, 
I haven't prayed for so long, never going to make it up, so I'm not going to pray. I've done so much of this evil that I'm still doing it. There's no way I'm going to be forgiven, so I'm going to keep doing it. It's at that stage that Iblis says, I can leave this individual now because I've got them away from Allah, away from the, the fitra, away from um, all the khair that they can possibly do, having that nafs al-mutma'inna, that soul that's at peace. They're going to forever stay in that turmoil and that inclination towards evil. I can move on to the next person. And as we know, Iblis targets the believers. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of the hadith, what you mentioned that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he mentioned that um, was, was was narrated by uh, Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman. And he said that the Prophet, you know, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, because Hudayfa had this quality that he would always ask the Prophet about bad things, like most people would ask the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam about good stuff. And he would say, I would always ask the prophet about bad things because I was afraid that they would overtake me. And so that one of the things the prophet said to him is that temptations will be presented to the heart one after the other. So I guess this is the first thing. Like we, we, we live in this, the realm that we live, this world in which we live is the world of test. That's what it is. It's the world of temptation. It's the world of test. That's why Allah created this whole world. You know, that's what it's for. Yeah. Mm. Um, that Allah, you know, that Allah created the death and the life to, to know which of you is best in conduct, and He's the mighty and the forgiving. So, this right. is the first thing that temptations will be presented to the heart one after the other. So, like, and the Prophet said, so whichever heart absorbs those temptations means gives in to the temptation right um then then you know that the person will keep on doing that until their heart so you know like when you when you give into a temptation it forms a black spot in your heart and then ultimately your heart becomes totally rusty ra'ina you know you have this ra'ina this rust on your heart and it is incapable anymore as the prophet said that this heart cannot anymore distinguish between what is halal and haram except the ayah we're referring to is kalabal rana ala qulubihim yes yeah 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 so uh, in, until this heart cannot any it doesn't anymore distinguish between halal and haram unless it suits its desires which is a very right. interesting point yeah i, I want to come back to that in just a second and just to finish the hadith, and then the Prophet said the other will repel this temptation, yeah, and they will keep on doing it until their hearts, you know, their hearts become uncorruptible. Nothing will be able to corrupt this heart as long as the heavens and the earth endure. This is what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said. Now, what is really interesting, yeah, um, is that that look the thing the Prophet said about um the, these corrupt hearts, yeah. These ones that have given in to all these temptations and keep on doing it until they don't recognize halal and haram, unless it suits their desires, right? So, so, so as for example, someone may just not like homosexuality, not because they recognize it is halal or haram, they just don't like it, yeah, mm. or you know, like it, it, it's not because, and this is something very important, right? Is that as Muslims, we have to understand is that what we like and what we don't like, what we think is the right way to behave and the wrong way to behave, what we understand to be good and evil, 
is not based on our impulses and our just our feelings and our passions and our inclinations. It is rooted in the revelation that Allah has given in the Quran that has been explained and exemplified and personified through the life of the Prophet This is what is so important and so key because to go back to what you were saying, Abdul Haq, bro, right? Even before we get to this position of being able to make this jihad bil nafs or this struggle against our inner self, you have to accept that what is right and what is wrong is not what you choose and what you select and what you pick for yourself like other nations before us, yeah? They took what they liked and they leave what they didn't like, yeah. right? You have to take it wholesale. And if, if yeah. you're not ready to do that, if you are, you see, this is the thing. It's like a catch-22. What I said needs what you said and what you said needs what I said. <laughs> Right? And it's like, because it's like, I'm listening to you and saying, yeah, but you won't even get to the stage where you can do what you're talking about if you don't, if you're not fundamentally true and sincere about yourself. But right. you're also right in the sense that you can't really be true and sincere about yourself unless you're ready to, you know, uh, embrace that dimension that we talked about and understand right. these different type of nafs and resisting evil. The bottom line is it comes down to this. You have to recognize the standard of evil that Allah has set down. Right. Yes. That's where it comes. You you've got to have that beginning of humility. And that's why, you know, there's that famous saying that the beginning of wisdom starts with humility. This is the beginning of wisdom yeah. is starting with humility. Yeah. And and absolutely like as you said, what we're saying is cyclical, it's intertwined. So now we're looking at a, a world where the structure of particular societies are allowing your heart, your soul that part to incline towards evil yeah. and then normalizing that evil. You've mentioned homosexuality. We've seen other things. I'm, 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 I'm unashamedly going to LGBTQ, all sorts of things, relationships mm -hmm. outside marriage. That that's, that's old school. That's old hat. Now society is dictating or facilitating this. And the worrying thing is that it's, they've, they've lowered the bar so that it's affecting our children. So our children, more so, don't even know these conditions. So everyone is towards this inclination towards evil, that the soul's inclination, the inclination towards evil. There are two other areas where the Muslims, we are, we are striving to be, and hopefully many of us are in one of those categories. That's the nafsin lawama, the, the self-reproaching soul, the soul that keeps blaming itself. So... What, what you're saying about identifying the truth, looking in the mirror and being truthful about yourself is a painful thing. But if yeah. we are approaching ourselves and doing that, Allah swears yeah. by this in the second ayah of yeah. Surah Yama. Yeah. And when Allah swears mm. by something, and I swear by the self-reproaching soul, the off-blaming mm. soul. And Abdul Rahim, yeah. if you've done it, and I believe you and I have and others do it, yeah. when you're yeah. blaming yourself, Every time you're slipping, and we're not talking mm. about the Shia understanding of self-flagellation or anything like that. We're talking about realizing the deficiency that we've got, the sin, the problem, the mm. inner struggle that we've got, and continually challenging ourselves and say, why, why? But when we're doing that, looking to what, as you said, the remedy yeah. out of that which Allah <clears throat> has placed 
for us throughout this life. And and I, I'll stop at this point. Yeah. Hope strive to get to that ultimate level, which yeah. Allah knows how many of us have even yeah. achieved and achieved the like you said, the heart that's not harmed, that nasal and mutma'inna, that mm. soul mm. that is at peace, as Allah says in in so he says uh, the, those come come to enter my garden, yeah. enter with that bro I'm gonna go back to something you said right so right at the beginning of, of what you just said just in this little section right and um and and something that is really important about this whole subject yeah you said um, being honest with yourself is very difficult um and it's more than very like it's very difficult let's just let's just discuss a bit about how difficult that is and why it's so difficult. So I, I want to go into this just a little bit. Right. First of all, it's called jihad, Bill Nafs, right? Jihad is normally, right, like although the word has a comprehensive meaning in Arabic, as we know, we know it means to struggle to the utmost of your capability. Most often, it's context, uh, like the majority of the time, it's context is actual physical fighting. And, and like anyone who's ever been in a war knows how tough that is. I mean, you're playing, you're literally putting your life on the line. And so, brothers and sisters, I am not exaggerating when I say that when you are, when you are going to go to war with yourself, yeah. because you have to kill your ego. You have to kill the lies that you're telling yourself. And, and it's literally a war because your ego will do everything to protect its self-image. Yeah. Right? And we have to understand this is we have to understand, right, that you you actually psychologically, spiritually, psychologically, you react to an attack on your ego in the same way that you react to an attack on your physical body. That is why people in the street, if they feel they are being disrespected, you know, and you know better than me, this whole thing about respect, right? But it's not, it's not only re restricted, restricted to the street. Yeah. No. Everyone does this, right? If people feel their honor is being attacked, if they feel that their self-image of themselves is being attacked to a certain level, even though their life is not in danger, they will behave as if their life is in danger. And they will literally take the physical life of another human being. They won't be content with dissing you back. They no. will take your life. They will kill you. Now, why is that? The reason is because an assault on the ego is looked at as an actual assault on your your being because the person thinks of it as that's who I really am. That's what I really am. And you're trying to destroy me, right? So have, listen, don't, don't, don't underestimate how difficult this is, right? Because if there's people ready to actually kill other human beings over being disrespected, you can understand how difficult it is for you now to actually assassinate yourself because that's what you're going to have to do, right? And by I the agree. way, as, as you've already said, bro, we have more than one self. Yes. There is no, there's like I had this thing with you. There's no authentic you. What authentic you? Your nafs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You said, what is it? Nafs al Amara. Nafs. Uh, yeah. Lawama. Yeah. So we, at least the Quran mentions we have three nafs, right? Yes. At least three. We you could probably find that we have more, but uh, from the Quranic perspective, 
definitely we can identify. And most of us fluctuate between those three things and they exist within us simultaneously. So there's right. not even one, there's not really one you, right? There's multiple yous going on, right? We're all sort of schizophrenic in some way, you know, subhanAllah. You know, Abdaheem, I'm really yeah. glad you've said what you did, how you framed that in the context. Yeah. I didn't know you was going to say this, but, and it's the first time I've heard it framed like that. And yeah. you, as you said, my background, the violence, that I was used to, what yeah. we used to do, what used yeah. to be done to us, yeah. what we existed for yeah. was all around the ego. Yeah. All around the ego. And as you said, and we're not going to go into details, it was kill or be killed. We see that amongst the younger younger gen generation today. That's why many of us from the um, black community uh, are trying to reach out to not only the Muslims, but non-Muslims because this nihilism, we came from and it was all around the ego and i want to share this with others that when you felt your ego just to endorse what you said abdurahim when you felt your ego had been tested or someone had called you out as it happened to my gang if you like it festered it became like a cancer amongst us amongst me as an individual you lost sleep over it you yep. couldn't, you lost your appetite over it. Yep. You changed your interaction with those closest to you until what? You had eliminated, yep. destroyed, humiliated the mm. source of that challenge. And yep. I'm not going to in much more detail. I think yeah, I've been yeah. very, very well, we get it. We get it. Yeah. And so, I, what you said there, I've never heard it phrased, framed in that way with regards yep. to the inner struggle. And we lived to make sure. That our ego was never attacked, tarnished. We rather you fear us and stay away from us individually than you challenge our ego. Yeah. So what you've said is very powerful. And I want everyone to understand it. And I want individuals to understand what is happening with the youth today. I mm. want us as brothers and sisters to understand what Abdurrahim has just said there. Why? Because when we have issues with our spouses, especially yeah. brothers, the yeah. ego kicks in and it's so powerful that we will destroy or humiliate our spouse because mm -hmm. of how they've made us feel with regards to our ego. So Abdurrahim, it's a very powerful perspective yeah. that you've brought and the way you've brought it. And it resonates so much with me because now I've just had an answer mm -hmm. to, hold on a minute, I lived my life like this before I came to the deal. Mm -hmm. I lived my life preserving my reputation, my ego, yeah. my gang ego. We shut down places. We caused yeah. a lot of damage yeah. because because it's you your because it's your self image, bro. It's it yeah because it it's your it's your self image. So in a really in a very real way, and it is real, right? When you realize that what is going on in your head is sometimes more real than what you're experiencing with your body, right? right. It's like so if you if you feel that that idea of who you are is being attacked by somebody, you're going to defend it like you, you will. Right. And that it's another reason why, by the way, we have so much stress, so much stress. There right. is so much stress for us in our everyday lives. Right. Because this is a part of the reason is because our self identity is constantly being, you know, is constantly being challenged, is constantly under attack. 
Um, and, and there's so many other component, you know, parts to that as well. I mean, like now what's key in what you've said, Abdurim. So I think what you've yeah. what is also key. What you've said explains yeah. the inner yeah. struggle that those who are having self-identity issues, gender dysmorphia, and everything yeah. like that, because they're at that third stage of the soul with regards yeah. to the Amarabisul, the Nafsul Amarabisul, in the inclination mm -hmm. towards evil, because that's a that's one of our conditions. Yeah. And when you've got a society encouraging that or facilitating okay, that. Okay, that's the point, yeah. I mean, this is the point I was going to make. This is the point, the second point I was going to pick up on is exactly that, is this is all compounded by the whole underlying philosophy of the society in which we live, right? And I, we should not, you know, look, there's so many great things about living in the West. I'm not going to make it out yeah. and paint it Absolutely. out. That everything is bad, right? It's no, just, it's you know, it, I, I, you know, but there's no way, right, that any thinking, understanding person who understands these spiritual truths can fail to appreciate the fact that the underlying basic ideas that underline Western society at the moment right uh, are evil and i mean it they are evil because of exactly this conversation because what are they doing they are pandering to the very worst least constructive aspects of human nature which is to be consumers right uh, and obviously that's not the only things that, that are there of course there are very ennobling and beautiful and great ideas within western society but mm -hmm. i i would say now the predominative the predominant narrative right is just being a consumer and following your desires right and, and you know the whole just the whole just do it you know the whole just do it culture of nike and you know so on and so forth right it is just there we are being bombarded with it you know 24 hours 365 you know the the, the last remaining vestiges of christianity which is not even original christianity christianity was which is christmas yeah has now been totally taken over Right. Yeah. By, by. So there's just almost nothing left. Every sacred thing has been turned into some something else to consume. Right. Something yeah. else to make money out of. Um, and, and, you know, this like you said, this is this is the whole drive of society that you just do what you feel like, do what you. And so the whole idea of an inner struggle, the whole idea of that there is something that is good and there is something that is evil, right and wrong. I mean, you, you do find Western thinkers discussing this. Right. Yes. But, you know, you find them discussing this, this whole this amoral society, this aimless, amoral, slopsistic society that has no even fundamental ideas anymore of what is right and wrong. And it's interesting. You find even atheists right, are saying, well, you know, we used to have this when Christianity was the dominant, you know, theme of Western society. At least we had very clear moral values. Right. It's interesting that they're seeing the value of you know some sort of divine guidance right however this is the, thing. the divine yeah. guidance of him when we look again at the prophetic model yeah. when we look at what actually happened at the time of the prophets of the last land and when uh makkah uh, was conquered yeah part of what we're discussing today is it resolutions or is it revolution and when we look at this concept that we're discussing of the heart in the struggle, the, the, that the Dean has the comprehensive solution, and it does. We're sp speaking about the structure of the heart, the fitra, ghafla, which is heedlessness, 
Um, many of us are in heedlessness. That's where the inclination towards evil is. That's where the diseases of the, the heart sink yeah. in. This <clears> heedless. <throat> this concept, which is a spiritual uh, but practical concept, yeah. is revolutionary. It was then, and yeah. it remains so now, based on what you were just saying. For, because society is doing this now. And if we look at the Makkan society at the time of the Prophet when this, he brought all of this, this focus on the self, the, the inner struggle, the jihad and nafs, all of this, understanding your heart, being truthful mm -hmm. to yourself about your own reality, it was revolutionary then, and it's revolutionary now. And yeah. remember, the focus then was on the self, first and foremost. Today, society is making us externally referenced and seeing what everyone else is doing. So if on social media, our children are seeing um, girls, young girls are seeing women dress up and look a particular way, a particular Botox effect and everything like that, the pressure is on them to become like that, to fit in because for fear of ostracization. The same thing with men, okay? Men going to the gym wanting to look buff, no problem with that. But when they're taking steroids and pumping themselves to a particular um, weight or size because they want to fit a particular image, they are losing that in every one of them who are succumbing to that societal drive are losing with that inner struggle. Yeah. The focus has to come back to being on yourself first and yeah. foremost in the well, same I, way that yeah. we've seen. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting that, you know, this, you probably read this book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, right, by um, by Stephen Covey, right? So, like, a very well-known book. I know Dr. Yes. Bilal did, he did, Dr. Bilal Phillips did a nice, you know, highly seven highly effective habits of Muslims, I think it was, That's or right. believers. Or, um, yeah, so he, in the beginning of this book, he mentioned something that, you know, I think is really, really profound, a, a profound observation. And he said that, in it's not even that long ago i mean that in the recent past a person's character was what was important that was what really people looked at what what a, what was his character what was that person's morals what were their manners what were their etiquettes these things were considered really really important but now exactly how what you identified now it's are you a celebrity how well known are you, right? It doesn't matter, you could be a lying dog, right? And you just need to look at the majority of our politicians, right? right. The vast majority of them, everybody knows they are pathological liars, most of them, right? Most of them are, and, and almost without doubt, anyone who is a senior politician gets on TV, they're only there because they they just are very, very good at lying, right? Yes. And they're yes. probably better known for lying than almost anything else. Exactly. Um, and yet these are the people that we put in front of the world as our leaders, right? Um, people don't even feel shame anymore. There's things that our governments do shamelessly, shamelessly doing. You just need to see this palaver that has happened recently when... MPs who are supposed to be the most informed and well-informed people about, you know, the virus and all the dangers of it and all the terrible things that are supposed to be happening are having parties, drinking alcohol, mixing and mingling together with no masks, right? Like in any time before this time, these people would have had to resign from their positions. Nobody would have tolerated 
such right. blatant hypocrisy, but now nobody cares and they can get away with it and they can do outrageous things That's right. because the bar is, there is no bar. I'm not even going to say the bar is so low. There is no bar anymore. There's no in the struggle, Abdurrahim. There's no Let's... bar. It just doesn't There's matter. No it's bar. like how, what good of a buffoon you are and what buffoon exactly. you are. Exactly. You know, like what sort of flipping acts you can put on and how amusing and entertaining you can make it for everybody right and also there's no bar there's no bar but there's also a frowning upon the inner struggle you don't wipe don't struggle at all ease don't struggle at all and and i listened to something from um denzel washington um said something which is quite profound i shared it with my um my 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 children recently that ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship because you yeah. because of the complacency that comes in ease is a greater this is threat what the prophet said bro this is what the prophet said i'm glad that you've told me it comes I'm from not, i'm not afraid for you he said i'm not afraid for you that you're going to make shirk or this or that hardships and difficulties yes, i'm afraid for you that allah will open the go the doors of the dunya for you and then you're going to fight each other competing for the world like the others did this is what is exactly that. That, 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 is, that is obviously the better phrase, Marshall. Yeah. And what we're seeing now, for example, we're talking about inner struggle. Mm. This is so uncool in today's Western society as it is being a virgin. <laughs> Let's be frank. <laughs> you know, there was that drive amongst the youth like, oh, you still a virgin? And they'd be cringing. No, no. That's a virtue. Yeah. Now the inner that. struggle, the inner struggle, any struggle is frowned upon. And let's look at that. We're talking about the inner struggle. Well, it, except you, maybe the struggle to get money to get rich. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, but that's a struggle to get rich. But if you see others struggling, whilst there are those who are benevolent, benevolent, and yeah. mashallah, the Muslim community gives a lot of charity and everything like that. Well, let's be truthful now, Abraham. Let's be You're talking about truth. And I think it's, a, it, it, it's come to each of us. I, I proffer, I offer that it's come to each of us that when we've seen people clearly struggling, there's an initial empathy for those of us who feel it. But when it becomes sustained and it continues to be in our face and or those who are struggling continue to come to us. We sometimes want it or often want it to go away. We don't want it in front of us. Yeah. Because we want that ease. That's the thing we see externally yeah. struggling. Others come to us and you can see they've got an inner struggle. You and I, Abdurrahim, in the 90s, we were given advice up and down the country. And you know, we would finish a talk. We're supposed to come back down to London together, but yeah. we'd be up all night right through to Fajr, and you and I would take it in yeah. turns driving back down because we saw there were individuals who were having inner struggles who would come to us and say, yeah. I'm having this inner struggle, I've got this problem. Um, suicide has been one of the cases as well. And we were so concerned for them, I'm not blowing our own trumpet, mm -hmm. but we thought, what else can we do? Not saying that we yeah. were experienced and we had all of the experience in the world, but being there, being present and showing, okay, do you know what? We're here, we're listening. We can only yeah. advise, but how many of us now give token catchphrase advice or sloganistic statements to others who are clearly having inner struggles not only do we need to have the inner struggle ourselves but we need to be sincere when we are aware of others having it in the struggle and really be there for them to hold their hand metaphorically speaking instead of sloganistic 
have patience, patient, have sabr, itakila, pray. These are all good things, but they become sloganistic. And before I hand back over to you, Abraham, Sister Nilofa mentioned something, and I want to show here, she said that um, she's been waiting to get a good spouse and others are telling her to be patient with um, mm. her children and everything. And sometimes she wishes she was um, dead and not alive. And all I can say to you, Sister Nilofa, thank you for sharing, sharing this with us. And, and you, you, every night you cry yourself to sleep wishing you was de dead. Iman fluctuates, Sister Nilofa. That's one thing we've got to know concerning the inner struggle. Okay, and I'm not saying this is the case with you, but Iman, as we were told by the Prophet, it increases with obedience to Allah, it decreases with disobedience to Allah. And I'm not saying that you're being disobedient to Allah. What I'm trying to encourage you on in this instance, my sister, be alive. Awaken your heart. Have that nafsin lawama, striving to have the, uh, the, the reproaching soul, striving to have that soul that's at peace. Be patient with what Allah has given you because that's your struggle at this particular point in time. And inshallah, when the time is right, that individual will come to you if Allah has decreed that for you. Just like some sisters and brothers who were married, Abraham, you and I know, they used to come, some used to come to a study circle. Yeah. Um, and they hadn't had children in 10, 12, 13, 14 years. Yeah. But they, they embarked on the road of trusting in Allah, being patient, taskiyah to nafs. We haven't talked about that yet. Purification of the soul being patient with Allah's decree, knowing that Allah's pl placing this upon them and he'd decreed this 50,000 years before the creation of the heavens and the earth. It's difficult, but this is the reality. When we go back to the beginning of the Rahim, look at the truth of ourselves, about ourselves, mm -hmm. and understand our heart, our soul, the challenges that are there, how to remedy those challenges. And when we start doing that, the inner struggle, which we all have to go to, and go through, sorry, is that we're embarking upon it. Allah's aware of that. And Allah swore again, remember, by nafsin lawama. And if we are blaming ourselves and we are striving and we're trying, Allah will give us a makhraj out of the struggle that we're having, inshallah. Yeah, bro. I mean, Jazakallah, I mean, you know, to uh, again to the sister and I guess everybody else listening, let's go back to where we started. Uh, you know, this is the realm of test. This is, you know, I think everyone in a way you, you've got to, you see, the key to happiness is to stop looking for happiness. Like It's not the key, but one of, one of the, you know, one of the realities of finding happiness is you don't, you can't find it. Um, and, and that's the paradox. You, you, you can't find happiness by looking for it. Um, and very often happiness is not ever where you think you're going to find it. And the moment you start looking for it, by definition, you, you're going to look in the wrong places. Um, and so, like, you have to ask yourself, well, why do you want a husband? I mean, I tell my daughters, um, yeah, I don't have what none of my daughters are married. Right. Um, and it's not that they're not, you know, I, it, it just really is the fact that there just doesn't seem to be any suitable guys out there. It's just that simple. Right. There are very, very few men uh, who are really men and who have that you know, ability to, you know, take. We've had these discussions over and over and over again of the hut. Right. We, yeah. on, on this show, it's probably yeah. been our number one biggest theme. But I say, you know, I have seen too much rubbish happening in too many marriages, right? Um, and I say, you know what? Look, at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself this question. 
it, of course, being married is fantastic. It's half your dean. It's a beautiful thing. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't, you know, I, 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 of course, I recommend and advise everyone to get married. But you have to think from the other perspective, right? Sometimes you wish for something so bad. And then when you have it, you realize, wait a minute, this is not what I want. I mean, you know, like when you say you want to get married, like what at any cost? You, you, someone else comes into your life you, you now have to start making all sorts of compromises life changes right things change you have to be a different sort of person you have to put on a different mask you have to be a different you right like we said already just in this show um it's it's a battle of egos not you're not only battling with your own ego now you've got someone else's ego and someone else battling with their ego right, right. Uh, and you have to navigate your way through that so i mean you know it's not all you know marriage is just another test marriage is just another test this is one of the things you know when uh, you know like whenever i think about polygamy i i think you know you, you know you obviously think oh that would be from, from as a man from perspective you think that would be fantastic but i think do i have time for that do i have the energy for that do i have the time and the energy that it takes to invest in another human being to make their life because that's what you have to that's what i look at marriage as you, you know the two of you are trying to make each other's lives better and improve each other right and, and to give each other emotional physical spiritual support that takes a lot of effort i you know i struggle to do that, that for myself and my kids and my existing family let alone taking on that additional responsibility um you know, so I, it's just like so many times we wish for things. People, a lot of people wish for more money, mm. right? But you find the more money you get, the more responsibility you have, the more difficulty it comes with, right? You know, we underestimate and we don't appreciate the beauty the of money the absolute you life. Fearful. You become yeah? even more fearful of losing that money. Of losing you it. Well, exactly. What, what you said is absolutely true. And I think. Uh, Octavia came with a very uh, profound statement, which is so true. Happiness is the journey, not the destination. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and and so when if we cannot be happy within ourselves as individuals, and as you said, happiness is not the aim. Again, what um, Octavia has highlighted there. If we look at everything, let's ponder for a moment in the struggle. We're talking about the inner struggle, but let's ponder. But by the way, listen, I have to say something, bro. If you want to know what happiness is, it's exactly what Octavia said. It's that what journey is it, though? It is embracing the inner struggle. That is what it is. When you embrace the inner struggle, when you seek, when you realize that what is truly going to give you a sense of fulfillment and purpose is you realizing that day by day you have done something to make yourself a better human being. You have improved yourself. You have come closer to Allah. You have done something for society. You have helped other human beings. And you genuinely feel at the end of the day that this is what you have done. This is the real sense of accomplishment and purpose that will really actually make you feel profoundly at peace with yourself and that's how you get to this yeah yeah this all oh, this soul that is at peace with yourself right because and you have that's sacrificed yes. yourself right yeah. right and that's that's the, it and the so it's, of that. it's the actual battle the yes. inner battle that 
embracing that struggle, right? That's going to make you as happy. And you know what, Abraham, in the practical sense, what you said is amazing because you bought, you spoke about the jihad and everything like that. Yeah. When you look back, I think you and I spoke about this, not in the show, but when mm. you look at the history of man and we look, for example, at those battles of old, yeah. and you'll see that when conquests had been made and there was no more war, and there was no mm. more jihad. And you see it in these movies. You see that the, the, the warriors become complacent because of that. I missed the battle. I was mm. at my best then at the battle. I was closest to death. And I mm. was at the best. I was at the peak of my senses, of my mm. health, of everything. I missed my wife and my family more. And I was at the best. Yeah. And then when they came back from the battle, they became yeah. fat. They became slovenly. They became neglectful. So I'm just reinforcing yeah. what you've just said there with regards to embracing the struggle and why some might be saying oh isn't that a bit um uh masochistic or whatever the word is uh, that i'm looking for no i'm looking here at the whole structure of the heart the nafs the the heedlessness the the three um stages of the the soul um the diseases of the heart and what can remedy those being in a state of munjiat the actions and cures to be safe from the disease all mm. of this if we embrace all of this and then, Abdurrahim, on top of what you were saying, in the evening, if we reflect and we resolve to, not a New Year resolution, but a daily resolution, we resolve to move away from some of the things that we slipped in or we've done wrong that we could do better, okay? And we make toba for that. We wake up the next day with a resolve to be grateful to Allah. We go to bed grateful to Allah because we've seen things he's allowed us to live that day. We wake up the next day. There are du'a that we say in the evening. There are du'a that we say in the morning. And we prepare yeah. ourselves with what? We go to bed with the name of Allah. We wake up with the name of Allah. Gratitude to Allah for going, being able to survive that day. Gratitude for Allah to Allah for being able to wake up that day. Let's reflect, Abdurrahim. There was, I remember there was a statement, and I shared this one thing. If we woke up tomorrow with all the things that we thanked Allah for the yeah. day before, what would they be? And I remember sharing this with people on, on oh, Facebook. Allah. People said, if we woke up tomorrow with everything we thanked Allah for today, what yeah. would we have? And let me say this, Abdurrahim. We wouldn't have our sight. We won't have our hearing. We won't mm. have our speech. We won't have our faculties. We won't have our limbs. We won't have our partners. We wouldn't have it. We would have absolutely nothing because we wake up each day yeah. not showing gratitude to Allah just by dua. Alhamdulillah, yeah. who's allowed us to wake up. We don't do it. Allah's given us the opportunity to do this every day. The Prophet وسلم, have taught us to do our, even if we don't know the Arabic, we wake up, thank you, Ya Rabbi, for me being able to get up to this day and may it be one that's filled with blessings. Just mm. in English, thank yeah. you, Ya Rabbi, that I've reached the evening and that I've been mm. able to maintain my prayers, have food to eat, and I've got a home that's warm and a bed to sleep in that's safe and secure. How many of us show that gratitude there, which is the crowning of the inner struggle? 
the embracing of the inner struggle. So, Abdurrahim, you've mentioned some... I always learn from you, mashallah, Tarakla, even mm. after all these years. You mentioned some profound things that can be translated into practical, daily, regular um, realities. And as I've said, resolution or revolution? Being a Muslim today, being upon the sunnah today, is revolutionary. It's revolutionary, Abdurrahim, because... We're looking at what is happening globally. And globally, we are seeing that pull to nafsin, nafs al-amara bisu, the inclination mm -hmm. of evil. It's been laid on a plate for us. And we're not being called to a nafsin lawama. Oh, the society saying to you, like the age old, um, we go back in history with, with, with um, England, and the, the church and it's uh, the papacy and its dominance and calling the people back to their soul and reflect and repent and repent. That's gone a long, long time ago. Alhamdulillah, Muslim societies, to an extent, are still focusing on particular aspects. Yes, there are other directional pools that are taking place before our eyes. But society now is not concerned with the higher self, with mm. you reaching that tranquility of the soul. Because what's it's doing? It's giving you tranquility through barbiturates, opioids, drugs, alcohol, distractions, numbing of the soul, numbing of the, the, the senses that can make you reach that nasal mutma'inna. They're not even saying, check yourself, question yourself. No, they're saying, we will be the ones, we will purvey to you what you should be focusing on. Your base desires you can go for and we will facilitate. So being a Muslim, I reiterate, being a Muslim today is revolutionary. Yeah, for sure, bro. Well, Jazakallah, I don't know what else to say to add to that, to be honest. There's not um, much except I think what uh, we've been discussing. I think we've covered yeah, I mean, obviously we can, the, the subject we could talk about a lot, a lot, a lot, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's better to leave people with a few key things to think about. And I think that, I think ultimately, I, I love what you said. And I, to me, I always li like to leave people with something great to think about. And I think that what you said there, bro, um, about if you woke up tomorrow only with the things that you've been grateful to Allah about today, what would you actually wake up with? Because one of the really great ways to start this journey, and it is a journey, yeah, it's a, an inner, it's the inner journey, right? One of the great ways to start this journey and, you know, and to stay on, you know, it's one of the great things is gratitude, you know, yes. develop an attitude of gratitude and to reflect very, very deeply upon all the gifts that Allah has given you. It's one of the very, very great ways to become introspective. It's one of the great ways to begin to understand yourself, to get to grips with yourself. Because, yeah, this whole this whole struggle, this whole inner struggle is a very difficult thing to do. Uh, and you need actually lots of different strategies. Just like in war, you have different weapons. You have shields, you have swords, you have right. spears, you have right. bows and arrows, you have like horses, cavalry, infantry, like, you know, whatever. That's ancient warfare, modern warfare, unlimited. The same thing. You have so many different uh, tools that you need in order to. But like, you know, this thing that you mentioned is one of the most basic things. It's like 
it's like the rifle for the soldier, right? You know, like yeah. it's the basic thing. You know, gratitude is literally probably one of the most basic things that we all need to start with. And like just a simple exercise that everybody could do is just sit down by yourself and just think about all the things that Allah has given you. Instead of Sister Nilifa, instead of thinking about the things that Allah hasn't given you and the things that you're missing in your life, instead of crying yourself to sleep, thinking about what you don't have, think about what you do have. You have eyes which you can cry with, right? Yeah, I, I think the sister has kids. You have kids, like you were saying, Abdullah. How many people are there who don't have kids for years and years and years, right? You have a bed to lie in, which you can actually lie on. You know, like, so spend your time thinking about all the things that you have to be grateful about. Think, think about more about what you've got than yes. about what you don't have. That's where yes. you are really good. And, and remember that the source of all of these things, these gifts, which you can't count them. No. You can't count them. Try counting the gifts Allah has given you, right? And, and uh, don't just think about, if you think about your sight, right? Don't just think about your sight. Think about all the things that your sight depends upon, right? So don't just say, yeah, I can see. Okay, but what allows me to see? What are the things that allow me to have vision? Well, it's also to do with the fact that you have a functioning brain. What allows you to have a functioning brain? Well, a beating heart, right? Well, and you, you can go on and on and on until you realize that the rain that falls with the food that feeds you, the you know, all of these things all interconnected. And these are all Allah's endless, uncountable gifts. Wow, we have so much to be grateful for, bro. And that really means what, yeah, and I think with what you've advised Sister Nilofa and we've spoken to her about, I'm not going to add too much there. And Sister Nilofa, Jazakallah here for sharing this with us. You come yeah, on every absolutely. week. But you know what? Now also another blessing to be grateful for. You've seen other brothers and sisters speaking to you, with you, sharing things. And also the fact that everyone who's viewing now live and maybe will view afterwards if they make a dua for you. If they make a dua for you, the dua is the weapon of the believer. If we're making dua for each other, we have been, subhanAllah, we've been given so much just on the virtue of being Muslims. And I will say again, we are revolutionaries, brothers and sisters. In this time, holding on to virtue, the inner struggle we are, we are embarking upon, whilst we've got these challenges around us. But yeah, let's conclude on that point I made. Now, how many of us are going to go to bed thanking Allah for everything, the innumerable, bless innumerable blessings that we've got? Because when we wake up tomorrow and we've acknowledged that tonight, we've got things to thank Allah for every single day. Yeah. It's been brilliant as usual. It's been a pleasure. It's been deep. It's been important. And yeah. Next time we'll have something else interesting. But I don't know. We don't know what yet, but we'll decide after we'll start. Yeah, the we next will, one is good. We will <laughs> communicate, inshallah. And um, yeah, yeah, just yeah. Like everyone for the contributions as always. Um, let's continue our inner struggles. Let's. I hope that what we are doing, what Stream Islam are doing, are helping us with that inner struggle. Um, may Allah bless those the organisers of of Stream Islam because they're doing this tirelessly. Um, Hassan in the background, the various hours he has to work, the sisters who are involved in all of this. So we ask Allah to bless them for helping us Amen. and Amen. giving us the facilities to, to help us without in the struggles. 
and we look forward to seeing you next week. This has been a piece of cake with Abdul Rahim and myself, Abdul Haq. Look forward to speaking to you all next week, inshallah. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.